Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're on this week with JB and I'm joined by Chizo and Chizo again. This week we're powered by Code Sports, our lovely sponsors. How are you, mate? How was your week? The Chizo chase down is complete. Chizo into the top 10K for the first time this year. And what's that? What's that? No longer the lowest ranked podcaster. Yes! Hey, uh, I'm doing all right, JB. Uh, 25-11, this week, following up 25-11 last week. And uh, feeling pretty good, mate. How you going? There's another week left. Like, if you don't, you know, if you don't finish now as not the high, not the lowest, you just... I will donate. Okay. All right. I'll take that. I got to, I got to pull some strings here. Um... <laughs> I gotta, I gotta see if I can get you out in the town or something on, on the Saturday night when the loopholes. Oh, what am thing. I gonna use my spare trade for? Got a full side of premiums. Might, might swing someone that's uh, got a bad matchup this week and maybe bring in someone with a good matchup like a, a Tom Hawkins. Maybe JB. Yeah, it's nice having that flexibility when you're in the, under this pressure. What you should do is you should bring in <laughs> Robbie Gray. Oh, God. So, if you haven't heard, Jizo, I put a little thing up on yeah. Twitter. I'm going to mention it on the podcast because I want maximum exposure so people don't think I'm trying to shake yep. out of this. Um, yep. uh, Honouring Robbie Gray, I don't have the trade remaining to do this move. Uh, so, I'm trying to get everyone that does have a trade remaining involved. This is not super coach advice. Uh, this is... <laughs> 
life advice, I guess, more so than anything. Um, Please do your own research. This is not uh, no advice in this podcast should be taken. I mean, this personal look, point. we saw how Josh Kennedy ended his career. I'm just saying, Robbie Gray in a showdown. It's it's also not bad super coach advice. Um, but I will donate a dollar for every team that I see on Twitter that's tweeted at me with Robbie Gray in the forward line. Uh, and that number will be $9 in honor of the great man's number nine if that Robbie Gray is captained as well. So um, I'm after after a few Robbie Grays just to sort of see what I can pull into. I want to look at the, the Robbie Gray statistic on the Supercoach website and see a good amount of people have traded in the great man and are watching a showdown on a Saturday night um, enjoying his final performance of his career. So um, look... There's every chance he doesn't score 150 and, and it's not the best trade-in. So if you're really tight in your cash league or uh, you, you're going for rank one, then maybe not the best trade. But you know what? There's a lot of people who've put the queue in the rack at this point, including myself. Um, and it could just be a fun way to end the season whilst also contributing to the, the Cancer Council. So um, of course, Cancer Council in honor of Robbie's uh, fight with or battle with cancer during his career as well. So um, I've got a minimum goal as well, Chizo. So if I don't get enough tweets at me they'll the minimum goal will be hit anyway so but i want to see it lovely i want to see the robbie i Grants. love it it's great mate I, I i hope that by the end of the day we can just go by the super coach numbers and you don't actually have to sit like what happens if twitter goes down for a day what happens zero dollars we need zero donor oh no no that's not fair i've, I've contacted what if elon, elon shuts yeah, it down no, i've contacted him <laughs> I'm on to Elon. I've told him I've doubled whatever anyone else is paying him to keep it open. It's cost me $4 billion to save myself on a $30 dono. So it's it's worth it. Um, yeah, love it. Yeah, get get around Robbie Gray. I'll, I'll be at the game. So if you can spot me in the crowd, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a $15 dono for any screenshots I see of JB in the crowd. Not that you know what I look like. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so we have a podcast tonight. Jeezo. And as a lot of people yes. know, we're entering the final round of the Supercoach and the regular season for AFL, which is a bit exciting. Teams going on to the finals now. However, we've got one more week. Some people have some trades there and not a lot of people have any carnage. There was only one player that was out this week that has any sort of ownership to his name, and that is Aaron Hall, who we'll discuss later. who <laughs> um, has gone out again. Actually, let's discuss that now because Aaron was the only guy that we're going to talk about that isn't an option to trade. You just have to trade him if you've got the trade. So um, let's discuss Aaron Hall first. He's yep. been omitted, Chizo. He's not injured. He's been omitted. And I don't actually... I think it's harsh. I don't think his game was actually... Like he's a reigning best and fairest. He, he, I don't see much points. Don't tell the story. He had ninety-seven on the weekend. He's not even in the on the extended bench. Like he he's gone. He's out of the the, the twenty-five or whatever they name. Um, mm. So there's no chance of him playing unless they want to cop a copper fine, which would be very interesting. So he's gone. He's only got three percent ownership. But for those who have the four hundred and ninety-three k defender, what are we looking at here? Uh, well, I know there was someone that was really big on this guy uh, today, even JB, and that's David Swallow. Right. So you think <laughs> Swallow's the uh, the guy to go? No, with. I just did that. I just, I just did that for Lock me. Lock in hey. David Swallow, everyone. <laughs> let's let's have a look at this price here. Um, scrolling, four hundred eighty-seven k. He scored sixty-three on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that he's a twenty twenty-three lock while we're here? 
Look, I absolutely think he is a 2023 lock there, JD. Shut up. No, all right, uh, move on, move on. <laughs> who, are we, who are we endorsing for Aaron Orr? Uh, your keeper league signed, like he's signed a five-year deal today, but he's actually signed a seven-year deal for your keeper he league. Has. That's Dan Rioli. Dan Rioli, I love this. Uh, you've stolen this from me. He's got a three-round average of 103. Uh, he's hit his straps the last three games, but most importantly, Essendon are a really good team to rebound against uh, and, and to They're a rabble out of defense. I was going to say rabble. He did score 106 against them earlier in the season, but he's on a bit of a hot streak at the moment. 93, 108, 109 in his last three games. Um, I think that they're just as funny as it sounds. He's been playing there for a, about a season and a half now, but I think they're just starting to learn how to play with Dan Rioli, and he's learning how to play from defense, and is mm. really showing in his recent numbers. So against a couple of the softer teams, West Coast 127 a few weeks ago, Gold Coast 129. He is prone to a lower score. He scored 64 against Fremantle, um, but that's his that's his only sub 70 since round 11. So. Um, I like Dan Rioli for a one-week punt against Essendon. Um, a guy that I really like as well, Harry Perryman, um, has been thrown into the midfield by the new coach. He's gone 109 and 121 in his last two. Uh, tagged Liberatore the week that he scored 121, just gone. Tagged Merritt to a 70 the week that he scored 109. Um, I dare say he'll be in the middle tagging someone who we're going to discuss later, Andy Brayshaw. Um, and he's good. He's good in there. He's good at finding his own ball. He's racking up five, six, seven tackles a game, um, playing exclusively in the CBAs and, and exiting when his uh, opposition player that he's tagging exits as well. Um, I like Harry Perryman as a, as a midfield option to play in your defense for Aaron Hall. And he's 478K. He's very underpriced. Yeah, I totally agree. I got one more. Yep. Daniel Rich is my last one. Uh, so d- besides the 49 that he got against the Western Bulldogs, which was his injured game, uh, which he got injured, I think, uh, five minutes into the f- second quarter, um, he came back... It was f- like 50 like after 30 minutes yeah, of game time. Yeah, he, he was going to have a massive score. Um, he came back for a 71 against Gold Coast, 83 against Carlton, then a big 120 against St. Kilda. His form before the injury... In fact, there's another injury game amongst his form, but I'm going to ignore it for now. Uh, no, sorry, that was a tag game. He got tagged by DeBoer. Let's just ignore the tag game because he's not going to get tagged this week against Melbourne. He went. He was going 117, 93, 127, 119, 119, 135, 50 in about 30 minutes, then injured, 71 upon return, 83, and then 120 again last week. So he's up mm. against Melbourne this week, uh, who I think are prone to the odd decent halfback score. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm correct on that. I don't mind Daniel Rich as well. I think all three of those options, Rioli, Perryman, and Rich, are fun um, one-week punts to sort of to get rid of Aaron Hall for. And, of course, don't forget, Dan Houston is sitting there as well. So, you know, you can mm. always always flick over to Dan Houston if you need. He's, it, besides the concussion he had, which he had, in which he had 40 points, he was going 104, 109, 86, 121 in his last four full games. So that's not too shabby either. You got options. Yeah, Rich... Rich also went one um, thirty-five against Melbourne in round fifteen or something. I think it was yep. too. So uh, he, he's been um, uh, pretty good against them this year already. So uh, that's only a couple of months ago. So yeah, I, I think that's also another option. I think uh, just lastly, if you've got someone like Harry Himmelberg in your side in the forward line, uh, you could also use Aaron Hall to swing him forward and pick up someone along the lines of Robbie Gray, if I'm not mistaken. 
so that, those, that's also an option. Uh, just why I just want to keep everyone's options open. Robbie Gray will be there and available for that that whole <laughs> swing action. So I don't want to hear people coming up with excuses saying, "Look, I couldn't do this for cancer because I, I couldn't get him swing. in." JB couldn't get him in, but I got Harry Himmelberg sitting in my forward line. All right, that's. I'm just trying to alleviate that. Um, if you've got a little bit of money from Aaron Hall, there are obviously better options above. It just, just depends how much money you've got. Doherty's about 25K, 26K overs. Um, yeah, he's yeah. obviously a great option. Hillberg, a step above that, great option. Tom Stewart, a step above that, great option as well. So um, you've got good options above. I think they're a bit more self-explanatory, but the, the options below, actually not as bad as what I thought they would be. Um, there's some really good lowered, um, lower-priced players at the moment at this time of year. So that is Aaron Hall. If you've got Aaron Hall, trade Aaron Hall. If you don't have Aaron Hall, we're about to talk about some players who you might have in your side who we're going to talk about potentially trading. I'm going to let's have a little discussion about them all, how we think they're going to affect um, how the how we think their matchup is going to affect their game, um, whether it be marginally or significantly, and then we're going to rank in order of who we would trade of those players. Yeah, so sure. let's start off. Kick us off. I've already mentioned this. Perryman tags Andy Brayshaw. So GWS versus yeah. Fremantle. Um, last week, Perryman tagged Liberatore. And I'm just, as I'm talking, getting up the numbers because Liber still did okay. Um, I think he still's got about 95. Yeah, he got 95 in the end. Um, in my opinion, Liberatore is the probably the, the player who would benefit the most in the competition from an inside tag. Um, he gets under the pack. He gets those shovel handballs out. He tackles like a monster. Um, I think of all the players that you could possibly tag and that could still have a good game, Liberatore is probably top three for me. And that, that's being polite. I think he's probably the best. Um, so 95 for Liber. The week before, it was Zach Merritt who put out, amongst his amazing form, um, a 70, let me find it, 71. So that was that was against the, the GWS. That's following a 140, 147, 136, 133, 140. So um, I think Perryman is an efficient tagger. He also moves off and gets the ball, but he's just such a good tackler. Um, and he's, a, he's really good at his ball denial. He's so big and... And, uh, and tall. Ball denial. I love that. Thank you. That's a basketball term. Um, but yeah. Oh, I, let's keep that. Let's thank let's you. bring that in. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I just think he gets a hold of Brayshaw. And, and Brayshaw, as we know, hasn't handled the tag. Um, not, I mean, he, he's actually getting better at it. He did well against West Coast this week, just gone. But um, I think all in all, against the bigger bodies, I don't think he's an efficient player running through that tag. So I think that does affect him. Yeah, I think it's also important to note that in round four, I think it was... Um, when Frio played GWS, they had the uh, Lockie Ash run with tag on on Brayshaw. I think that Perryman is a little bit more effective. Yeah, um, and I, it's just further evidence. That I, I know different coach all that kind of stuff. It's just their play style to try and shut down the main midfielder um, of the opposing side. So I think it's pretty much guaranteed that he's that he's going to get the Perryman tag uh, this week. But um, e- either way, he's going to be copping attention. And at, like you, you did say, he did cop attention last week against the Eagles, but. Um, that's more like a damage limitation, knowing that the rest of the team can sort of yep. um, get compensate and help him run through that. But I think in a tougher assignment with the Giants midfield, I think he he's going to cop uh, a lot more s- stronger attention. Is is kind of what I'm saying. So the next name I've got written down here is Sean Darcy. How is Sean Darcy going to get tagged? I'm I'm confused on this. Um. 
because the mob finally caught up to the ogre to tag him? I don't know. Uh, that is a shocking Shrek joke. Um, no, Lloyd, uh, where are you going with this? I'm saying Lloyd Meek is the tagger for Sean Darcy. Oh, yeah, I wasn't really thinking outside the box there. No, you weren't. Um, but that's okay. So Lloyd Meek comes into the Fremantle side this week. Um, obviously, my dog in the background, they're very upset about that. Um, <laughs> comes into my dog's this- just lying patiently on the ground right here beside me getting a pat. Yeah, no, mine, Kobe. mine's extremely upset. He has Sean Darcy, was looking to captain him. Uh, this has ruined his plans for the week. <laughs> um, but that, that's okay. He moves on. He's, he's still ranked higher than I am. So, um, so Darcy, this year, <laughs> two very low scores. I actually don't have them pinpointed, but there, I, th- I think he averages 60 with Meek in the team this year from his two games. Um, it is quite obvious that this is a, an effectively, a, they're tagging their own Ruckman by bringing in Lloyd Meek as the second Ruck. Um, even when he was fit earlier in the year and Meek came into play alongside him, it just seemed like Meek was getting more Ruck contests and, and Darcy was just the, the guy who was more relevant in the forward line so he would he would just sort of saunter up there and play forward instead he does not play well with making the team and he is i'm red hot on this he's in my top two for trade outs this week yeah even coming off a 155 so in round two he played with me and scored a 72 70 yeah yeah um and what was meek's other game that he played with him Seven and twelve. Twelve. He scored fifty-nine. Yeah, so fifty-nine and seventy-two. Only two data points, but it follows on from last year. I know there was a lot of discussion about whether it was the injuries that were hindering, or it was the presence of Lloyd Meek, or a combination of the both. uh, Both of those things. I think there is some merit to say that having Lloyd Meek in the team definitely is impacting him, Um, and the fact that those scores are also similarly correlated to last year, I think we can assume that there's probably a, only a double-figure score coming this week. Absolutely. I would be shocked to see a ton from him, even coming off the 155. I can't believe they've even done the switch. Darcy just got best on ground, got the, the derby medal, whatever they call that, um, and is uh, just genuinely a monster. It's the best game that he's had this season. Um, maybe second best. He did touch up north earlier in the year, but... Um, it's to them bring in Lloyd Meek is just confusing. But at at the end of the day, he looked like he was running out of gas. His scores leading up to the 155 were 94, 93, 92, 59. Um, I thought Lloyd Meek was going to come in last week because it just looked like Darcy was broken a bit. Um, But he's obviously coming in this week for a a last chop out before finals, giving Darcy a bit of a rest. So I would Mm. absolutely expect a a double-figure score and and I would be surprised to see a ton out of Darcy this week. Um, The next one I've got written down is... If if you're contemplating... Trading. uh, Trading. Is that that what you're suggesting? Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was was getting ahead of... Because I've got the list written down, I was going to... I don't know when I was going to work in the trades, but yes, let's quickly discuss the trades. So um, in the ruck line, it is very difficult to to locate a it's player not a good price. be confident in um he's yeah he's not priced well the the poor games leading into the 155 really hurt him he, he, hopefully you've got 13k and you can just go straight up to Jared Witts um that is ideal i almost don't even want to talk about any other option that's that good um if you don't have that 13k available you're looking at real dire options um 
if you've got two trades, <laughs> I, I would try to find cash with my other trade to, to get Darcy up to a, a Gorn or a Wits. But if you're using your last trade, you don't have 13K, we're looking at guys like Ben McAvoy for his final game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind it. Three a- against the doggies. Um, Tim English, he sh- shared um, ruck duties with Steph Martin last week too. So um, mm. he-, he could have a good game this week. So his scores this year were 94 against Port, then a long layoff with that neck injury, I believe it was, uh, then 44 against Crows upon his return. Uh, since then, it's been up 88 against West Coast, 85 against North, 106 against St. Kilda, 110 against Gold Coast, 119 against Richmond. Building into this Bulldogs game, look, I don't think he's going to all of a sudden go 130. He could. It's his final game of the season. Um, I just think you're, he's probably one of the safer 95-plus scores of the week, I think, uh, coming into Western Bulldogs, just in that ruck line at that ruck pr- price. Um, otherwise, you're genuinely you're looking at someone like Jeremy Finlayson in this ruck line. And honestly, I'm as as good a form as he's been in lately. I'm not trusting him as far as I can possibly throw him. We should probably be about, I think maybe a meter and a half. Like if I got some momentum, I think I could probably get him. <laughs> like maybe he maybe he's running at me and move on. Use his momentum. Okay, sorry. Um, so ideally, I think you've got a team English in the forward line and you're swinging Darcy forward to potentially do a trade. In which case. You mentioned this guy to me. Tom Hawkins is a guy that you would potentially be looking at. Mm, mm. I, I think, uh, we, as we all know, Tom Hawkins always has a good run coming up. Especially and, now. Now more than ever. Uh, Jez is out with the hammy. Mm-hmm. He's playing against West Coast at home. It just screams like being fed the ball at least 15 times. <laughs> yeah, it genuinely does. Um, uh, what would you say is... If you had to guess, if I had to say, how many goals are you willing to commit to being the lowest amount of goals he scores this week? Not injured, fully fit, gets fed the ball all game. What what number are you throwing at me with like a realistic lowest possible goals he scores? I think he kicks four. Yeah. No, no less than four. I think four is a pretty good number. I think he's four with the upside of six or seven, and that always yeah. is obviously going to... He didn't even kick that many last week, and he had a one eleven. So, three round average of ninety nine, five round average of one oh seven. Uh, he's got his average up to ninety plus for the season, as he does every season. Um, I think he's an outstanding option. You do need a little bit of money; you need about twelve k. Um, so it's close to the wits money, but uh, semantics, you know. Uh, do you, who do you prefer? I, I, I probably do. Wits? I, I would say Hawkins. I think Hawkins has a. Um, obviously, wits is. Had scored well this year, but I think Hawkins mm. one game chase at yeah. home against West Coast, no Jezza. I think that's a really, really solid option. I actually agree. I, I can I can see like a Tom Lynch style one thirty one forty plus coming out of this game. Um, I agree. I, I think that's a good one week punt to, to just sort of throw the ball at the stumps. There are other options that we've mentioned. Uh, we did go through a bunch of the the potential forwards earlier. Um, this sort of this sort of range for the forwards is okay. Dan Rioli, obviously, we spoke about earlier. Um, if I scroll down a bit here, I noticed that with the Tim English switch, you can actually go down to Robbie Gray, which I think is <laughs> is going to stand out for a lot of people. Um, the potential 
obviously of getting that dono in as well. <laughs> Robbie Gray's final game, as we spoke about with Ben McAvoy, seems to give a bit of a boost. <laughs> we saw with Josh Kennedy as well at Adelaide Oval. Um, I, I don't mind that option either, Chizo. Mate, I, I love it. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of ways to get Robbie Gray in this week. I agree. That's... Uh... <laughs> Oof, that's, I'm, I'm glad we touched on that. That was stressing me out for a second there. Uh, okay, so let's discuss the next guy. Rory Laird, can you believe, is on a podcast talking about potential trade-outs for the week. Now, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Is this clickbait? It's not clickbait. Um, I do think he gets tagged this week by Willem Drew, um, yeah. who tagged Merritt to a 73 last week. Led's mm. coming off a 97. Um, I just don't think it matters that much. Uh, I think yeah. Led is just such a superstar. Um, he probably comes out and still goes 110 plus, even with a tag. Um, all he needs is a semi-competitive Crows outfit and, and he's scoring well despite the efforts of, of Willem Drew. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be attention nonetheless. Um, I think it removes Led as your captaincy option to a point. Um but I don't have him high on my list of trade-out targets this week. I, th- I thought I'd just make it everyone aware. If they've got money to trade in lead this week, I would probably also avoid that. Yeah, that's an interesting point that if you're looking to, um, I-, I guess, trade someone in this week to for that one-week sample, anyone that's at a risk of a good tag like that, I think... Um, You've shown it that what happened to Merritt in the last two weeks with Tag is sent to him. If if Laird gets through this week, like hitting his average of one twenty eight, I, I would be absolutely surprised. I, mm, I think they're going to yep. put a lot, a lot of effort into him this week. And make no mistake, Port do not want to finish on the same amount of points as the Crows. They do not want the showdown ledger tied back up again. Um, this game is important to Port Adelaide, despite the, the dead rubber calls in the chat, which I love. Um, but no, this showdown, Robbie Gray's final game, um, you best believe there's going to be a lot of attention going towards the, the better Crows. Dawson as well, I expect to not not receive a full tag or anything like that because Port don't do that. But um, I also don't expect any of these players to just be running loose um, as they have previously. So um, this game's important to, to both teams. So uh, I think it's it's going to be a good game, but there's definitely going to be, I don't want to say finals like atmosphere for a couple of teams in the bottom eight, but do you know what I mean? The, the rivalry yeah, yeah, yeah. and just the importance on the, the retirement and um, everyone's last game, I think it's going to be a fiery game. Ollie Wine's talking a lot of, um, throwing mm. out a lot of smoke in the the on Channel 7 News or whatever it was, just saying how much they hate the Crows, backing up Chad Corns, who was saying earlier in the week how much they hate the Crows. Um, I think it just adds fire to what is already a, a fiery matchup. So um, I don't want to really talk about trade-out targets for Laird, but pretty much you've got to... No, no. You, uh, no, there are no trade-out targets. Correct, uh, yes. I if think he's, he's getting tagged, if he's getting tagged, there is, I still have confidence that he... Comes within like QE of whoever you're trading in. If Laird, on honestly, if we've got six, seven, eight people to talk about, if you only own Laird of these eight, there is potentially an argument for moving him to like your next favorite midfielder. But like, I mean, no. at the end of the day, you're gonna own one of these other players, so don't worry. Um, no. The next one to talk about is McGuinness, uh, tagger for Hawthorne, is gonna tag a Western Bulldog this week. Um, Luke. My money is on either Liberatore again um, because I think that that was a 
semi-successful tag last week. Um, he could move to Bontempelli if he starts really well, but he's been carrying a couple of niggles. I don't think that's the case. I think there's the potential of Adam Trelaw seeing some attention um, or Bailey Dale in the forward line, in defense. So it could potentially be a non-midfield tag this week, but essentially, Chizo, I have no idea who he's going to go to. Mm. So I mean, I, he tagged Shai Bolton last week, Shai Bolton. Successfully as well. It was a very good tag. Yeah. Um, I didn't think Shay was able to be tagged like he was. He's obviously a very dynamic player as opposed to Seaball Getball type of uh, midfielders who just accumulate. So um, McGuinness is a very adept defender as well. So I think that's going to be important. Um, he can also take a mic and kick a goal. I think, look, personally, I think it's Dale or Trelaw that sees a bit of attention. Um, I'm yeah. not sure they move that midfield around too much, but if they do go into the midfield, I think it's uh, probably starting on Libba and moving to Bont uh, during the match. At the end of the day, we don't know. He could tag zero or eight players at once. We're not sure. I don't think there's any reason to jump on a trade out this week based on that, though. Yeah, not, I just not, want to point out that you, I just want to point out that you said, you know, you were going to put your money on who Finnis McGuinness was going to tag this week, and you named four different Bulldogs. Did I say I was going to put my... I'm going to say Bally Dale. Uh, I, I, Bally Dale's right, the one I'm going to commit to. All right. All right. There you go. But I still don't know if... Like it's, we're, talking like, <laughs> we're talking like everyone's got a 20% chance of getting tagged. So don't trade out Bally Dale if you've got him, please. That, that's just like my inkling. Um, yeah, sure. Okay. The, the next one to discuss because we're not endorsing a trade out there. Um, the next one to discuss is Patrick Cripps. Now, no, he hasn't done anything bad. He's been good the last few weeks. I think mostly due to the fact that Hewitt has been out. Now, Hewitt and Adam Chera return to this side this week. I think that does affect Cripps. I think he's probably more likely to score double digits than triple digits, but it's it's generally yeah. the game being against Collingwood who don't really lock down on opposition midfielders at all. They generally leak points to opposition midfielders. And it being a must-win game, grand final type situation, I think there's every chance Cripps goes 130, um, just just due to the situation. But we know what he does with Hewitt in the team. We know it's significantly less than what he does without Hewitt. So for that reason, he's in this discussion. But I don't think he's nearly as bad as like someone who's going to get tagged or um, someone, like, especially considering the high variance that he still holds. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I've been really happy with what I've seen in the last few weeks. So I, I would be really surprised if we saw a a terrible score this week. Mm. Um, the addition of Hewitt and Chera, um, they're obviously really still hoping to make the top eight. They're going to be throwing every everything at it this week uh, against uh, the Pies. Uh, I, look, and I think that the Blues game last week was more impressive um, than the Pies game was uh, against good opposition. So... I wouldn't be surprised if we see another good score out of Cripps and, and for that reason, he's I'm just not even thinking about him and just sticking him in there and away we go. Yeah, the only scary thing is his last six scores without Hewitt were 114, 126, 118, 146, 104, 117. And his last five scores with Hewitt are 79, 95, 98, 92, 84. So that's where yeah. the skepticism comes from. I don't like a lot of people thought it was uh, the pit net effect. I think it's more yeah. the Hewitt effect. Um, but still, 95, 98, 92, they're fine scores. Um, yeah, they're not ideal, but add the the way the game will be played this weekend, the fact that it's against Collingwood as well. I think there's still every chance that it's a 140 instead of a 90. So I, I don't think we're endorsing the trade out there either. Um, just yeah, one to keep yeah. an eye on. Yeah, I'm sure. 
So I've got a couple more for you. I just want to talk about a couple of lads who have been in a lot of people's trade discussions over the last pretty much month, um, and that's in Short and Crisp. So Short last week, I think you know a little bit more about the, the split than what I do. Um, f- just from the eye test, I think he played a lot more defense in midfield than he did forward in midfield. Um, he did still get a couple of reps up forward, but um, I liked his role last week more than I've liked it in about two months. And Essendon, a, a very good team for someone like Jaden Short to come up against. The, 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 the fact that they don't really... Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Shut down opposition runners and kickers, um, I think is super important for short. So I'm not on the train of endorsing a short trade out this week. Yeah, no, he was definitely a little bit more um, defense orientated. Thirty one percent the defensive fifty and thirty eight percent defensive mid. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first, uh, only one of three games across his last six where he didn't have any possessions in the forward fifty. So um, it's not that he didn't spend any time there. I, I, I know that he's named at centre half forward for some reason this week. Um, it, it has pretty much been consistent, uh, his role, since he's moved into the midfield. It would just be game-by-game game variants of where the ball is and how the game's going, as opposed to um, sticking him in one position or another. Um, yep. But, yeah, I, I think definitely a little bit more time behind the ball, but he's certainly not taking any kickouts or being defence. I think against Essendon... I think he's going to have a better day because um, it's a team that can go head-to-head against. Um, I still think Essendon will be up and about this week after the week that they've had. Um, but, yeah, I'm still expecting him for kind of like 85 to 105 that around that kind of mark. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think he's still got a high floor against a team like Essendon. Um, and then Chris versus Carlton, I think, again, we're talking an important matchup. No Taylor Adams tends to help Chris, but I know he's still been down lately. I would love to trade him myself. I'm sick of looking at him. Um, but yep. the fact of the matter is, against Carlton, he's not going to see a tag either, obviously. Um, I still think the floor of Crisp is higher than the floor of um, someone that's that's going to get tagged this week. And we're about to mention one more after this discussion. I think Crisp is more of a trade-out than Crips or Short but less of a trade-out than a few guys that we've already mentioned. So he's sort of in that middle range to me and, and, and where it kind of comes down to preference. But um, I think I'm still happy to endorse holding Crisp this week as well. 
Yeah, yeah. And again, he's another one that the role hasn't really changed a whole lot in terms of his disposal, uh, his possession breakdown. Um, he's just not getting enough of it as opposed to the first half of the year. I think up until like around 12 or around 30, basically until the buys, um, he was averaging above 100 and like mid to high 20 disposals, couple games in the 30s. Um, and then since then, I think he's only had two, maybe three games in the 20s and he's, he's more often than not ended up in the teens. So yep. it's certainly been a drop-off in performance, let alone uh, as opposed to a, a massive change in role. Um, and the thing that is probably confusing a little bit for me, JB, is I see him up forward quite a little bit in in the last few weeks. But his actual split of like where he gets his disposals every game is basically consistent the entire through the entirety of the year. So it's certainly just a performance yeah. issue in in my eyes, and it's something that I've seen that just a little bit of a lack of hunger. If I can say, if I can say that, just from um, a biased position of someone that's wanting him to touch the ball every time it comes within six meters of him, so no, I agree. Um, and I think yeah. he has, he still has good quarters and, and shows good signs, but he hasn't strung a game together for a long yeah, time. He got exactly. one hundred five against Melbourne. Um, that was still weighted towards the back end of the match where he had a good quarter. So. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what to think of him. He had 91 against Crows a few weeks ago, 81 against Essendon. Um, those numbers are fine, yep. but 60 against Port, 74 against Sydney, 77 against North, 79 against Gold Coast. Like Those yeah. numbers aren't enjoyable as, as owners, but if that's no. if the 70s are his floor, then I still think he's elevated over a guy that we're about to speak about. Yeah, I mean, like he had 70 at three-quarter time, ended up on 75 or something and got scaled down. So it's like... Yeah, he, it's the same with Short. They've both been there and thereabouts in pretty much every game, and then just don't get the job done. And for whatever, for a multitude of different reasons, for the both of them, it's just mm. frustrating. You've just got to weigh up whether their downside is worse than the downside risk of some of the guys that are going to get tagged. Well, this guy, in my opinion potentially has the most downside, lowest upside of anyone that was spoken about. Jack Sinclair, can you believe the breakout candidate of the year, the guy who's averaging 115 points per game, um, he is my, potentially, we're about to rank them, number one trade-out option this week. So oh. he's going to have, he's got Sydney this week. He's going to have Ryan Clark on his tail as he did earlier in the season. Um, for a 79 when he versed in the last time. I am confident, supremely confident, that Sinclair sub tons this week. And I'm moderately confident that he goes sub 75. Wow. Ryan Clark is an extremely efficient tagger. Um, I can read out some of his numbers. So he had Sinclair for the first half, the first time they met. Even with Sydney kicking 11 behinds and Sinclair having a lot of kickouts, he kept him to 79 points. He then came up against Bailey Dale. Sydney had 18 behinds with Bailey Dale being the prime kickout taker and held him to 76 points. Next, he had Dawson and Brody Smith through different parts of that game. Sydney, 16 behinds. Dawson had 93. Smith had 68. So that's, I want to say a little bit of an outlier, but I, I wish he just stuck to one for the entire game just so we could see how much he diminished their return. But I would say, considering he started on Dawson and went to Smith, Smith started strong and then obviously got tagged out of it. He had Harry Himmelberg the week after. Sydney kicked 10 behinds 
for Harry Himmelberg, 74 points. Lastly, this week just gone, Dacos, the informed man in defense, 11 behinds kicked by Sydney. Dacos, not the primary kick out taker, sure, had 62 points with a late goal in that game as well. So I'm scared for Sinclair. And if Sydney, mm. th- these are big behind numbers, by the way, that might just be the most inaccurate team in the competition. But if they're not this week, if they're not the most inaccurate team in the whole competition, say they get seven or eight behinds instead, Sinclair could very easily put out a 50 if, if as long as uh, Clark sticks to him all game. That scares me. I think the potential is high. Sydney are going to want to need to win this game. Sinclair is their best distributor in the entire team. Potential in the competition this year has been that good. Yeah, I would say that actually. I think he's definitely, definitely getting tagged and he's going to see the most efficient tag that we've seen in a long time on, on someone like Sinclair, and he's going to score really low because of it. And I yeah, own and Sinclair, I think it, by the way. Yeah, I think it's important to know that um, Sinclair was tagged um, by Clark in the first half of the round 15 game, was sent forward to beat the tag, and that's the sole reason he went to Hunter Clark. It's not like they changed their mind. And, okay, yeah. You know, that's that's Sinclair, much worse than what I thought, actually. Yeah. And so your option is he gets tagged by Ryan Clark the entire game or they send him forward and he tags someone else. So it's like neither of those are a really, really good option. Um, and as you said, the chances are... I, I, I guess the the thing in my male lizard brain is telling me you've got short, you've got crisp averaging in the 90s and been spudding it up for like 12 weeks and we've all wanted to get rid of him and now the logic is to get rid of the highest averaging defender that I have that has 115. And I I know it makes sense, but in my head it's like, no, get rid of Short, he sucks. In that voice as well, really? Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's my consciousness. Oh, doesn't sound like a male lizard, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's real hard to get your head around, I guess, but you got to remember you're predicting one week here one matchup and then the season is mm. over. You're not getting this guy for two or three matchups where he can chase these points back. You're just predicting this one very matchup this one week and you're trying to you're trying to sort of comprehend, you're trying to understand who including your highest averages. You should almost you could almost remove all your biases and then make your assessment and say who has the hardest matchup this week? It's Jack Sinclair. Yeah, and it's really difficult to get your head around because of how good he's been. And I understand people wanted to back him in, but it's Jack Sinclair. Um, a, a few people before we move on to our list and, and talk about Sinclair's replacement options. A few people mentioned Steele as well. I'm just saying Steele's not going to get tagged um, this week. Uh, I think that just automatically makes him an easy hold. I know he's had a couple of down weeks, but he's not a bad player. Obviously, he's a very very good player. Um, I expect that to to turn around. So I'm not endorsing trading out Jack Steele either, nor am I endorsing trading out Callum Mills with a potential uh, Windhager trade as well. I think he falls into the um, the Rory Laird bundle of, of they'll just they'll probably just send him to defense to take in set marks for the rest of the match. So um, I don't think they are as relevant to discuss. So we sort of skipped over them a little bit, but. Jack Sinclair, your options are pretty much the entirety of defense. Dawson against Port Adelaide is good. Sicily in a potentially elevated role playing midfield, getting CBAs on the weekend was incredible. 
Um, and then you've got the, the choice of Tom Stewart there as well against West Coast at home. So um, I think Stewart's actually my favorite option of those three. Yeah, okay. Um, followed by the other two really closely. Probably Dawson second, Sicily third. Yeah. Um, Sicily's role is pretty important. He's not quite getting the run and and um, he's not getting the ball fed to him as much with CJ in the team and with, with I mean, the surplus of defenders in the team. And uh, it's just like they had to move him. Not they had to move him. They moved him into the midfield to get a bit more ball. Um, I think he played well in there, but it was a good super coach game, not an not a great AFL game, if that sort of makes sense. Mm. Um, and I just don't know quite where he fits in. He probably scores 100 plus, don't get me wrong, but I'm not sure it's going to be a big one. Whereas Dawson obviously won the game off his boot last showdown, so has the potential of doing so. So he's second for me. Stewart's number one. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree. I think with that that price tag, you can pretty much be flexible with anything. Yeah, absolutely. You're essentially... I've got a question for you. Yes, go. If I can cut in. Yeah, go for it. Let's say you've got Himmelberg in the forward line and you could choose between Stewart or Tommy Hawk. Who would you pick out of those two? Out of Stewart and Tomahawk. Yeah, the two Geelongs. I think... This is going to sound crazy. I think Tom Hawkins. I do too. I think a player could go to Stewart and try to nullify. I don't know what you do against Tom Hawkins. Yeah. I just have this feeling that Hawk is going to kick five or six and Tom Stewart's going to get a lot of the ball, but he's probably just going to go about the 110 mark because Geelong are just flogging them. I agree. I think it'll be difficult for him not to score a ton this week. Yeah. Just because it's at home, they need a win. That well, they actually don't need a win. They're they're first on they're on top by a game. Um but I think he'll he's a sneaky chance for the Coleman. Um how many goals behind I think he's like he might be six goals behind, so it's not that big of a chance, but um I know Cameron was a chance. Yeah, he's seven goals behind right now. You'd best Ooh. believe he's giving that a, a, a shake-up with Charlie Kerno versus Collingwood only kicking, I think, two goals last week, uh, two goals four or something. Um, you'd best believe Tom Hawkins thinks he's a sniff here. And at the very least, um, he's four goals behind Jeremy Cameron for the Geelong lead goal kicker. So um, there's something to play for for Tom Hawkins, even if, even if there's not a lot to play for for Geelong. I think they just go out and do a really good training drill before their finals and Tom Hawkins gets on, <laughs> on the end of a bag. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I, I don't want to be going too hard on it but because um, you're obviously turning down Tom, Tom Stewart that's had the upside of like 170 this year. Um, I think we're, we're splitting hairs here and there, there could be, you could have the Tom Hawkins that just goes the 80 and just kicks a couple and doesn't really get involved and just takes it easy and Stewart just cleans up. But I think for that, that one game, I sort of... I, th- I feel like taking the risk a little bit just because you only need one game out of it. And worst case scenario, if you're not confident in either of those guys, Robbie Gray is right. <laughs> so there's always a ballot option for those Good who price. make their mind up. Um, I just want to quickly backtrack. We didn't really talk about Brayshaw's replacement options in the midfield. Yeah. So um, there are quite a few. I, I like Parrish any given week that you guys aren't going to get flogged. So if we think that's this week, then 
Um, I do like that. It's against Richmond, who don't obviously uh, negate in their midfield at all. So I don't mind Parrish. LDU in really, really good form as of late. I think mm. he's a really fun pick. Um, they've got the Gold Coast, who haven't tagged in recent weeks. So um, I really enjoyed that for their last game of the season in Marvel as well. So I think they're going to take advantage of that. Um, Walsh has a good matchup, but doesn't have great form. A couple of midfielders returning for them as well. So I'm not. Not hot on that one. I am hot on Ollie Wines against Adelaide, who obviously don't tag. Had some words for Adelaide during the week. He's going to come out He's on pumped. fire. He's got a three-round average of 127. Um, so he is in absolutely scintillating form. So I really like that one as well. And then alternative option, if you don't like any of those guys, um, Brayshaw in his role has, I think he's got a 116 three-round average. He's got Brisbane, of course. Brayshaw um, for Brayshaw? Brayshaw for Brayshaw. That's that's exactly why I'm pumping it up. Um, if you just want to switch the the brothers there, then I, I think you're you're probably in for a better score from Angus than what you are for, from Andrew. I had to think about that for a second. Uh, um, I noticed that you haven't shouted out Jack Steele, who's basically the exact straight swap. If you've got no, you don't even have the ten twelve k to get up to Paddy Cripps if you didn't have him. Um, Steele scared you off a little bit. His his recent form. As a trading option, yeah. I still wouldn't trade him out, but I don't think there's any reason to trade him in when LDU and Wines in their form is just... So sometimes you back form over history. Yeah. And when it comes to a one-week punt, um, the opposition of Gold Coast and... Um, Gold Coast for North Melbourne, LDU, and Adelaide for Port's Ollie Wines, it's it just so much more appealing than Sydney for, uh, for Jack Steele. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to back those two guys in. Um, it wouldn't shock me if Steele outscored them, but I don't think that's where the odds would lay at the uh, beginning of the round. Yeah, yeah. I tend, like um, We're talking about 20K gets you up to like a Callum Mills. You really need a genuine 30, 40K in, in the bank to actually find someone highly priced that you may not own. Um, so I think that's that's pretty much why we're circling um, circling around these sorts of names, hey? Absolutely. Um, and I, I just think, like, if you've got a Bontepelli in the forward line, you could do the switch and get Robbie Green, but um, <laughs> essentially midfielders are, are the highest scoring players in the comp for a reason. So um, I think you're probably best to back one of those guys in, but the like we've said all podcasts, the, the option for Robbie Gray is still there. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I, th- I mean, <laughs> I'd be lying if I didn't say Robbie Gray was an option from almost any point. Uh, any trade here so um, any position I, I got it I think that's what makes him really unique um, it's just, just probably just a good trade uh, alright let's quickly rank the guys who we think are trade out options this week um, yep. I've got my little list here have you got a list there I do shout out to yours one. oh okay uh, number one is okay you'll go you'll go alright alright I'll go okay Sinclair's number you- one yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. It's it's hard for me, as I said, to wrap my head around the logic that goes behind it. And it just feels like it just feels bad, like getting rid of the the one trustworthy guy I've had in defense this year. Uh, but I can see exactly where you're coming from because Ryan Clark's going to smother him. Agreed. Who's your number two yep. then? Um, my number two is Sean Darcy. I think Agreed. the the meek addition and the the fact that he had been slowing down up until last week and he was starting to cause me a little bit of stress. I I, I put out on Twitter, 
you know, can someone go and find me 2021 post by Sean Darcy? I've been looking for him. Um, I, I think we've got a like actually. I like I, 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 thanks, man. Um, I think I, I foresee another sub ton this week. Yep. I know Darcy will know about 20 minutes into the first quarter how he's going because if he's on 50, like he sometimes does, you know, you're in for a big score. Otherwise, if he's still sitting on 14, 15, something like that, you know, it's a sub ton straight up. Like there's no recovery. Oh, there it is. 22nd of July. Got you. Um, Thanks, mate. Yeah, I agree. I think he, he still puts up points playing forward. So the, that, the, his, the reason he's um, less of an option than Sinclair, first of all, the trade-out options are, are much more scarce. But um, the fact that he could still get on the end of a couple of clunks and, and a couple of goals that would just boost his score significantly. And the fact that he's actually not getting tagged, he's just sort of getting tagged by his own teammate. Um, he could still put out a formidable score. I just think it's unlikely he puts out a triple figure score, which is really bad. Um, yep. My number three is Andrew Brayshaw. Yeah, I was I was tossing up between Darcy and Brayshaw. Um, I just feel like Brayshaw is going to be in and around the ball all all game. Yep. And we we saw him not really break a tag throughout the year, but he's been a couple of times where they've put attention into him and he's still gone 110 plus. Um, whereas I, I see the downside of Darcy going like, Sub sixty is the the what got me in at number two over number uh, over Brayshaw. Who's your number four? This is where it gets tough. Number four, I'm gonna say Crisp. Nice, same. I got Crisp there as well. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm not liking what I'm the the eye test is not being passed for me personally. Um, and he has these games where he's on like fifty at half time or last week seventy at three quarter time. And you just think, okay, we're finally get, we're going to get a one hundred and five out of him, and then he ends up on seventy four. It's just like I, f- I feel if I've got enough cash to get to like Whitfield or something this week, I can be sort of confident I'm getting ninety five plus. Whitfield, Whitfield's coming back. I still got him in the keeper league. Nearly traded him for a low, low price as well. Uh, my number five, I've cheated here a little bit. I couldn't split them, Crips and Short together. Yep. Yep. I've done the so, same six. I've put Bulldog slash Laird. So I've kind of done it in tiers. So I think Sinclair and Darcy are tier one. Not really sticking to the rules that we uh, we no, set no, out no, here. No. It's okay. <laughs> These are my rules. Um, so <laughs> you are hosting. Sinclair and Darcy are sort of in tier one. Brayshaw's in tier two by himself. Um, tier three is Crips. Tier four is Shaw and Crips as like a probably not even really needing to trade them. Even if they're your only issue, I mean, if they're your only issue, I guess. Uh, and then the, the tier seven is Bulldog slash Laird, who I think are just, you'd be silly if they trade one of those two. Mm. Slash, uh, all right. Rules, slash steel. Slash Out of there. those, in, in that order, mm-hmm. the ones that I'm looking at the list that say have a case to be traded out and the other people are just like, oh, I can make the argument they're probably going to suck this week, but I wouldn't consider trading them. Mm-hmm. I think Sinclair, Crisp, Darcy and Brayshaw are the four that I would consider trading out. I think yep. Short, Laird, any of the Bulldogs and Crips, I would just go, yeah, they're probably going to suck, but I can still see a decent score out of them. Whereas yep. I, don't, I see the floor of the other guys that are like, okay, let's get rid of them. And if you somehow don't have Sinclair, Darcy, Brayshaw, or Crisp, then I still think Shaw and Crips are tradable if you've got the one trade there. Um, Or say you've got one of those guys and two trades remaining. I think those guys are tradable, um, whereas I don't think the Bulldogs or Laird are tradable. I think you just hold them regardless. 
And especially because um, we don't know who's going to get it. Yeah, we have no idea. Um, and you can't trade all the Bulldogs unless you've got like a trade boost and only three of them, which would be weird. It'd be a really weird situation if you were in that situation. If you're in that situation, tweet me out. Um, all right, so we're going to go through the captaincy, vice-captaincy picks this week. I have, I think my favorite captain slash vice captain in a long time because I'm not a lead owner, and that's Took Miller against North Melbourne. VC? At Marvel. I, w- I want to VC him. I just don't love the options after him. I think I'll throw the VC on like a Clayton Oliver masterclass game winner against Brisbane yeah. and yep. then hope that it's a one a sub-120 and or a 140-plus. Like and then either choose to go took or not, and and that will be it for me for the weekend. Yeah. Uh, the the thing is, I, I'm seeing the doggies against Hawthorne. They've been giving us some grief last week, uh, or over the last few weeks, I should say, where one guy will get off the hook and mm-hmm. the other of them will go 80, 90, 100. They're, they're not really scoring altogether. And the fact that they're playing at Utah's Stadium, which tends to be a little bit unpredictable, I find, in terms yep. of scoring uh, captaincy options. I, I, I can't tell you why that is. Um, but it just doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence and I'm going to pick one of the four guys that will go 120 plus. Um, so that does scare me a little bit. Um, so I think this is going to be a really simple option of going um, Oliver or Neil, depending on who you have on the Friday night at the Gabba, into someone like a Took against North. Um, if you don't have those guys... Oh, can I suggest someone? Y- yes. Hawkins against West Coast. That's a good one. If you're actually trading him in on our advice, I genuinely think he's a good captaincy shout. If, you, if you're going down that route as it is, you're not trading him in high risk, high reward. 80, I think he's a captaincy shout. I do. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like it. I, I still think your choices. Yeah. Uh, 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 Clary uh, into uh, took uh, is what clear, I'll be doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a clear one. Uh, it, it, it is, as it gets further down, it does get quite difficult. The Essendon midfielders really fought over the ball last week, so um, neither of them scored well. Merritt obviously got the attention. Against the Tigers, they should be a little I bit more free. I didn't see any fight from the Essendon midfield. Well, that's true. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Shield getting the majority of the, the CBAs as well sort of impacted um, a lot of those guys mm. as well. So... Yeah, then you've got wine, the likes of wines, Robbie Gray in the showdown. Robbie Laird's Gray, going to nine dollars, um, <laughs> and uh, Dawson might go all right running free too. But yes, yeah, it, yes. It, it, it does get significantly trickier, and we've been getting a lot of feedback this year about um, you know we need to sh- shout us out more options that we can use for VCNCs. I think it's about um, trying to stay as predictable as possible in terms of getting a good captaincy score rather than shooting for the moon and getting 250s with your VC and C. I think that's just the way we've been approaching it, JB. Well, Cheezo, as a self-proclaimed captaincy expert, yes, um, I think just be simple. Um, there are like four or five teams every year that are so easily identifiable as good captaincy matchups. North Melbourne is one of those teams, and they have been for a couple of years. Um, Essendon is one of those teams, just the space with they, that they allow um, and the fact that they don't tag, uh, that which they actually did for a little bit this season. Um, Adelaide have been one of those teams for a few years. West Coast has, has been that team this year. Um, and, I mean, Carlton going back, Collingwood going back, but not as much this year. Um, it's easy to identify those matchups. This year, North Melbourne 
you got Tupmiller at Marvel. I just think it's so easy. Um, and then you're chasing high upside with your VC. So whether you think Brisbane or Melbourne are going to win, um, back your guy. And I actually like going the underdog in in that. I like going if if people think Brisbane are going to win at the Gabba, I like picking Clary as my VC because I think that gives him and the, like I think it gives them higher upside that they could cause an upset and it'd be like a closer game that way. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's just craziness. Fighting for top four too. This is going to be a sick game, I reckon. Absolutely. It's, it's going to be one of the better games of the season, I think. Um, but Clary into Took just seems so simplistic, so straightforward. Um, a lot of people will want to mix it up, especially being the last round, but just be safe with your captaincy. It, it's, mm. it welds so many points, yields so many points. Um, and Ask Pistol, he, he could be again in the top two one or two K after a really poor season if you just hit the same captaincies that I think that I hit for the entire season. So yeah. um it it just has it holds so much power. Not necessarily this week. If you want to take a fly then obviously do you I mean I'm endorsing Robbie Gray for God's sake. So um have fun with the game. But that would be my obvious captaincy shout is Clary slash Neil into Took Miller. Yeah, and we've got Boris, Plume, Took, Timbo, Slice, and Random Hoss. They all put questions in hashtag podcast questions. We've all covered them uh, covered them all indirectly, so yep. uh, I hope you've been listening during the podcast. Yeah, I did tell the guys there that we'd be, we'd be covering them all just as, as the podcast went. So, um, yeah, I think that's about it from us. Chizo, it, it's, been, it's been an unreal season. We're obviously going to do a season recap. Uh, I'm not sure if that'll be next week or the week after because of the, the buy, but... Um, or weeks after, after the finals. Who knows? It depends how long we need to sort of lick Recover. our wounds after the season. <laughs> um, but there will be a season recap coming. Um, again, please tweet me out your Robbie Gray, uh, just the fact that he's, you've got him in your team or the fact that you've captained him so I can get one last Cancer Council donor in for the season. Um, and I just hope everyone gets their their projected, or not projected, but their, their wishful rankings of the season. So mine got adjusted to 10K. I'm 100 away from that. I just want to have a decent week and get in that, get in that top 10K, which just seems sad compared to the last few years. But, um, but everyone has that year, and that's what we're doing this year. But good luck, everyone, this week. Last week of Supercoach, it's been a fun year for the most part. It's been a long year for the most part. Um, and I'm excited for finals, Chizo. More more so yeah, than mate. ever before, I think. I'm just really right. excited for finals. I'll tell you what I'm 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 contemplating. I'm contemplating the positive, the, the pros and cons of bringing in Robbie Gray and captaining, but making sure I still beat you in rank. It's just I'm going to sit on it tonight <laughs> and uh, just let, see if I my I can think about it in my subconscious and wake up in the morning with an answer. Well, if you can do the Sinclair switch. Then I'll tell you right now, I cannot get rid of Sinclair or Darcy. Uh, they're <laughs> top two on my list. So there's every chance I'm getting one of the bad scores. So Robbie Gray will outscore one of those two guys, probably both of them. So there's points there. You know, He might not be the best <laughs> option, but there's points and donos there. So that's what I'm yep. saying. Well, I'm just thinking I'll, just the, the double ego hit of losing to me and then also being forced to donate. That, that's, that's, that's sort of... Hey, wait. If I captain Robbie Gray, shouldn't that be $18 because you double his score? No. It's $9. Yeah, yeah no, 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 no. VC would be $9, but like captain is 18 If right? you trade in Robbie Gray and captain him and outrank me, I'll do a flat 30 and just, just <laughs> chuckle that in there. Just, just for your contribution alone. 
All right, I'll, I'll contemplate you have, that. You have, to, you have to beat me. You have to beat me there. All right, I'll contemplate it. Yeah, just sit on that. Sleep <laughs> on that. Community, if you want to guilt Chizo for shunning <laughs> no. the Defense Council, um, then feel free to do so as well. But no, we appreciate everyone listening throughout the year. We appreciate all the feedback that we get as well. Um, tweet if you're still listening, please, because at this point of the season, it genuinely sounds like we're talking to eight people. Um, thanks, everyone, for the season, and we'll get back to you in a few weeks when we, we do the season recap. Cheers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.